0: Keeping It Real is sponsored by the new Hood College Gear Shop. The gear shop replaces the old Hood College bookstore. Most of us remember the bookstore as just the place we bought our rented books. Well, that's not the case anymore. The Hood College Gear Shop is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some hood-branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts, hats and scarves, sweats and socks, mugs and cups. They even have hood-branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen, highlighter, or notebook? The gear shop has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? Buy him a Hood College leash or collar. Need some Advil or Tums? The gear shop has your back. Need a last-minute birthday gift for your best friend? You'll find plenty of options. What I'm saying is the Hood College Gear Shop has you covered for all your gift, school, snack, and blazer-branded clothing needs. So the next time you're in wits, stop and browse around. Mention my name, Fiona Janelle, and the name of this podcast, Keeping It Real, and receive 10% off your purchase of any Hood-branded merch. But listen to the show first. We all know and love iconic movies. The Godfather, Star Wars, Harry Potter. But not me. I don't know shit. This is the show where I will be viewing some iconic movies for the first time, giving my two cents, and chatting with some friends about it. So grab your popcorn, take a seat. I'm your host, Fiona Janelle, and this is Keeping It Real. (laughs) Keeping it real, today we're tackling The Usual Suspects, none other than Professor Jacobson recommended this movie to me. I hadn't fully heard about it before he recommended it to me, I just went into it with an open mind and it's kind of that whole crime with the mystery aspect, Uh, who is Kaiser Soze? is what it's all centered around. So the entire movie, you're following the narrative that Kevin Spacey's character, Verbal, huge, deadly crime that happened on a boat, and he is one of the only survivors, the other being a man that is borderline comatose in the hospital. But I really liked this one. I think that... There were a lot of really, really fantastic performances. Um, Personal fave, the performance from Del Toro. I love Del Toro. I think that his accent was something I was trying to understand throughout the entire film. Kevin Spacey had a good performance. Kevin Spacey did a good job at executing his character. However... I am saying this under the implications that we all know that he is really controversial and has gotten in trouble for a lot of really, really heinous things. I'll get into that later. But lots of thoughts regarding this movie. Um, watched it for a first time, and after I watched it the first time, I immediately finished it and Her Professor Jacobson's recommendation, I immediately needed to watch it again. I really wanted to be able to fully process and understand everything that was happening solely just for the fact that in the last three minutes, everything is jam-packed in. Every single answer is absolutely just crammed into those last two minutes to the point where I wasn't fully certain that I understood. And after even watching it a second time and reading up on it, there was just, in my opinion, so much ambiguity. Um, The main thing that left me with so many questions was just the concept of the unreliable narrator. Verbal is... Verbal and these four other criminals for that matter, all felons all have their own stake, all have their own motive. Um, And with that understanding, knowing that Verbal's not the most reliable narrator and that he's going to tell law enforcement what is going to be beneficial towards his case, In the last scenes, he's finishing the interrogation. He's very emotional. He's walking out. And he is, like, super upset. And that's honestly where I thought it was going to end a little bit. And I thought it was just going to end with, oh, damn. Like, Keaton really, really just wasn't a good friend. (laughs) And you keep watching you see the interrogator just start piecing it together. He's staring at the corkboard and seeing detail after detail after detail that Verbal had included in his story. And he just drops his cup of joe. He drops it, iconic scene. Simultaneously, there is the scenes lacing in and out of Verbal walking out to his car and he quickly composes himself and his his walk straightens out his hands straighten out and he lights a cigarette hops in the car with none other than the man we had thought to be known as Kobayashi. Wow like I can't remember the last time I watched a movie and it was in the very last second that I was like oh fuck did I get that like did I get that? So good. Also just so many scenes that it made me laugh. Like the lineup scene, iconic. There's just so many moments that my belief was suspended. I'll tell you that much. In that one scene where Kobayashi brings in the briefcase and all of them have their files and they're all sifting through seeing, oh God, everything's here since we were 18. I was, I'm worried for them, you know? And I, it's interesting because it's kind of that concept that you're obviously going to root for all of these individuals but not obviously at the same time because they're just coming coming out with this huge heist but I found myself being like oh, ah no he died oh him too like damn that kind of sucks and throughout the entire movie I'm like oh god like I hope I hope they get out of this I hope they're getting what they're working for I guess but in the end Kevin Spacey's character, Verbal, the only one that gets out. The thing that I ultimately enjoyed about this is that it was somewhat easy to follow, although there was that element of the mystery of who's Kaiser Soze, you know, like, aside from that, a lot of it was very, not super easy to follow. It was like engaging and somewhat confusing. But at the same time, it's not as though I was navigating this whole universe, which I had done in a few previous Keeping It Real episodes. But yeah, I understood it. And by the end, I was still left with a lot of questions. However, I feel as though a lot of that was wrapped up, and they really left the viewer with the ability to kind of take the ending and what had happened and run with it uh come up with your own conclusions things like that i know i had said this before but personally favorite character a hundred percent a hundred percent my favorite character uh fenster benicio del toro's character i thought he was so funny and for some reason i felt so bad for him like i i his his accent was something that i definitely couldn't tackle single-handedly or understand cuz every time i thought i got it i didn't super bummed that he was the first one dead how much does that suck wow i, I it's something about the beloved comedic relief dying first that'll get you. i digress but lots of thoughts I feel as though bringing in my special guest will help clear up a lot of this for me and we can chit chat about a few other fun things. All right, well, I'm here with my special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure, my name is Tim Jacobson and I am an instructor of uh, multimedia communication.
0: Lovely, so in this episode, I watched The Usual Suspects. You were actually the one that recommended this movie I to me. I did recommend it, yes. Why is that?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's a pretty iconic movie, I think, in multiple ways. But for me, it's one of those movies that you can watch over and over and over again and get something different out of, even though you know the ending. So, Absolutely. you know, it's like, hey, what five movies would you, you know, be stranded on a desert island with? I think The Usual Suspects would be one of those movies.
0: That's a good one. Honestly, you're so right. You recommended that I watch this movie more than once. Yes. And the second time around, you just notice all of these little, dare I say like Easter eggs? Like little yes hints going up throughout the film that I didn't notice the first time, so it was really neat watching it the second time and gave me a different perspective of the whole storyline, different outlook on the ending of it so do you have any memory of the first time you watched this film
1: I don't um it's been a while since it came out when did it come out it's 1995 1995 um I don't think I saw it in a theater probably saw it at home but instantly was perplexed by the movie and um as those of people who have watched I'm gonna assume we're going to spoil the whole thing for everybody. Oh, yeah. No, I, I,
0: I hope that my, have to. my listeners would just assume that but at this point.
1: Even if you do spoil it, you still have to watch it. Hopefully this will entice people to, to mm-hmm. want to watch. That last two and a half, three minutes of the movie, your head explodes.
0: It's insanity.
1: Because you're like, wait, what just happened? You had right? me believe in this whole thing. And I think you said it the other day, there's like three minutes left and you're like, how are you going to end this? Like there's three minutes left and we don't know anything.
0: Yeah. Because for a split second, when Verbal is like walking away super upset, I'm like, oh, this is just a heartbreaking ending. Like he's just super sad that he was betrayed like by his friend. And I was like, hmm, but this keeps unfolding. And then it all happens at once. And then your head is spinning. And hence why I'm like, okay, I need to watch this a second time. Yeah. Just a process.
1: (laughs) You want to tell everybody kind of the, the premise of the whole movie? Like the usual suspects that these guys get rounded up?
0: Yeah. So basically these five felons. Felons?
1: They're all felons. Yeah. They're
0: all felons. Put in this lineup for this crime that happened on a boat. Bunch of injuries. Bunch of deaths. Mostly deaths. Two survivors. Yep. One of them being verbal. And basically it jumps between the timeline of... The crime the scene of the crime and also mm-hmm. the lead-up to it and the whole plot that unfolds is who is kaiser soze
1: right he's kaiser supposed soze. to be this um this turkish um, uh, ruthless uh mobster mobster kind of guy yeah mm-hmm. who uh you know um, if you cross him he won't just kill you but he'll kill your family and your nieces and your nephews and anybody associated with you. and mm-hmm. Yeah, has a very dark reputation, so to speak.
0: And there's like a few iconic quotes in this movie that Kevin Spacey had said, and it was, I believe in God and the only person I'm afraid of is Kaiser Soze. Kaiser
1: Soze, yep.
0: So just that along with other things. I personally I'm someone that when I'm watching a movie for some reason it never occurs to me to like assume what's going to happen at the end okay so I'm watching this and I'm like honestly had no idea until the very very end how it was going to unfold and I still believe that there is some ambiguity Mm -hmm. because of the element of the unreliable narrator when I was reading up on this a lot of people say that Verbal's character is the unreliable narrator. So I feel like that's what leaves room for ambiguity in this movie.
1: I can see that. Yeah, totally.
0: So I thought that was really interesting because you get all these hints that he is Kaiser Soze. Right. And it leads all to that, but then also under the implications of like, oh, he is the only person telling this story. And obviously he's a shady character. Just Mm -hmm. from the ending scene where he's... Gate goes from like cross foot, like yeah, and he, stumbling, and he like straightens out his hands, and he lights a cigarette, which he hadn't been able to do for the entire film.
1: Yeah, so Kevin Spacey's character is verbal Kent, verbal Kent, and he's kind of uh, in this gang of five felons. He's the he's the he's the planner guy. He doesn't go in and do anything, but he plans how everything's going to happen. He's He walks with a limp. He's got pigeon-toed, I think, on his mm-hmm. left foot and his one hand. And there is a scene where he's trying to light a cigarette, and he can't do it, and he's got to use the other the hand. And he fumbles the Zippo lighter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like you said, at the end, as he's walking out, because they've let him go, they have this kind of little montage of him opening up his hand and then his, you know... His gait, as you said, how he's walking gets to be normal. Out. And then he walks in and mm-hmm. gets in the car, and you realize that he is Kaiser Soze. Yep. And I learned, I was watching uh, some, um it was a, a video of like all the things that you missed, like in this, but in Turkish, Soze means verbal.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah you're joking. <laughs> yep. That's one of those things that I would never ever think to look that up, but it's yeah. just so in plain sight. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. And there's um when he the other one that I thought was amazing when um when Verbal goes to get his stuff after he's let go, he goes down to the mm-hmm. room where you get all your items, all your belongings, yeah, yeah. And they give him a gold lighter, and a gold watch. And in the scene where Kaiser Soze is killing Keaton, Mm -hmm. he's got a gold Gold watch and a gold lighter. Oh, my
0: God. Hence watching it over and over again. (laughs) So
1: you have to, I'm like, no, i got to watch it again. Yep. Oh,
0: my gosh. And I heard that when they were filming this, they had... They did not have Kevin Spacey stand in as the person in the first scene. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was the main thing that threw me off at first is because I, when the movie wrapped up, I was like, no way that was him in that first scene. And then I guess they just did it to draw you off the path.
1: Yeah. And there is, if you, the, the scene where Kaiser Soze, Kevin Spacey Mm -hmm. shoots McManus in the muzzle flash, it's there for two frames you see Kevin Spacey's face. Oh they have it still framed, so you see it there, but it's so quick that you, don't, that you don't notice it. Wow. Yeah.
0: I think this is the first movie I've watched in a long time that have so many of those little hints that just go straight over your head.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, the, and the other one I, I saw was um, when they get the suitcase from Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. That has the 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 blueprints of the boat, and it's got all the envelopes in it. Yeah, he pat and um, uh, Keaton passes out all the envelopes. That's the order that they all die. It's oh that God. crazy. He hands it all out. That's Stop the order it. that they all die.
0: I was honestly getting into the order of them dying. I was so upset that Del Toro's character was the first one to die. Yeah. I, Cause he was a favorite. I loved him. I, he's just, I thought he was really funny. I.
1: Yeah. And he, he has a very odd accent Mm -hmm. that nobody can understand anything that he says. And, um, during the film and he said he, he actually made up the accent, um, because it's like, where the heck is this accent from? But he made it up himself specifically for the movie. Of course. And, and it's,
0: I was listening to it. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh, it's like a thick Italian accent. But does he have a speech impediment? And is this not Italian? Like every time I thought I had a grasp of what mm-hmm. the accent was, I immediately
1: didn't. Yeah, it's there's like French in there. Mm-hmm. There's like Sicilian it. It's like this mishmash of, I don't know what the hell you're saying.
0: Yep. And there's so many times in the movie where, especially like law enforcement is like, not say it again in English. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, the scene when they're in the, the lineup, the, one of the first one, um, give me, what is it? Give me the keys, you cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, is the line that uh, supposedly um, the person says uh, why those guys are in the lineup anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Benicio Del Toro says it, nobody can understand a word he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And And it was meant to be that
0: way. Yeah. And I guess in that lineup scene, I, well, when I had told a few people that The Usual Suspects was going to be my next podcast Mm -hmm. episode, all of them, their first thing, oh, the lineup scene, like that's everybody's first thing they think Mm -hmm. about when they think of this movie. Cause it's so funny. It is. It's so funny. And I guess when I was reading up on this, when they were filming, they had to do like over 10 takes of this one scene and I guess Del Toro had farted during it. So that's why all of them are like cracking up laughing. And I guess the director was like getting really pissed at them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's just so relatable. Like when you aren't supposed to be like absolutely losing it, chuckling, whatever in like moments of seriousness. So impossible.
1: Yeah. I mean that, that it seems very fitting. Like that, uh, spontaneity and like improv where mm-hmm. it wasn't supposed to happen, that they're just goofing around <laughs> is the best thing.
0: The best scene. And it's the first scene anybody thinks about yep. me included.
1: Yeah. And the other, uh, one that I saw, um, the meeting with Redfoot, mm-hmm. uh, out in California and Redfoot wants them to do this job, this one job and everything. And towards the end of it, uh, he flicks his cigarette butt at Stephen Baldwin. Uh and hits him in the eye and you're like how the hell did they do that that just happened it wasn't supposed to hit him in the eye it was supposed to hit him in the chest and it just by accident hit him in the eye and I was watching they said that there was it was a really quick cut for that because all the other actors were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> just hit him in that. <laughs>
0: Stop! I would have never known that they yep. cut that up.
1: Yeah, he didn't get hurt, but they said it was just one of those, you know, everybody was moments. shocked. You're like, "Oh my god!" But yeah. it works perfectly.
0: I love stuff like that. Yeah, I love a good jump cut.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, totally.
0: But with this movie also comes a whole bunch of controversy.
1: There is, yeah, slightly, <laughs>
0: just slightly. Uh, Kevin Spacey has been very widely canceled yep. because of countless victims coming out about uh, sexual assault mm-hmm. from none other than Kevin Spacey.
1: Yeah, he uh, was a uh, 2017 was when it came out that he sexually assaulted a 14-year-old boy in a club. Yep. Kevin Spacey says he, he's not denying it, but he says he doesn't remember it
0: yeah and when i was looking into this uh his immediate reaction to this and his like one of his first public reactions to this was well a lot of people didn't like this but he immediately diverted it to he came out as a gay man and a lot of people were like hey like maybe don't try and change the subject from Mm -hmm. like that doesn't justify what you did
1: yeah just being heterosexual, being gay should not equate to you sticking your hand on a 14-year-old pants, Yeah. you know, you know, or anybody for that matter. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter the age, but the fact that this kid was 14... It's really heartbreaking. Uh, and then there were several other people who I think came out after that.
0: Yeah, if you look into it, there are a bunch of different news outlets that did entire timelines of... I think it's from the 80s up until now, it's allegation, allegation, Mm -hmm. all the victims that came out. Um, So this also raises a really relevant question in today's age, and that is, how are we supposed to navigate appreciating the work of someone that is so controversial? And should we, should we not? How do we go about that?
1: Yeah, it's a really tough. You know, it. I, I'm I'm almost like I'm on this seesaw with it, where I don't want to support Kevin Spacey, but God, the movie's so good. Yeah. House of Cards is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I wasn't a big Harry Potter fan, but I know tons of people who love the whole Harry Potter franchise, and then J.K. Rowling comes out with some really transphobic. transphobic you know remarks on twitter and has refused to take them back she's like well i said what i said yeah it's, you know oh god i just i don't know it's so hard mm-hmm. i don't want to support any of these people but is there a way to separate them from the characters that they played yeah through? so kind of or the brand that they created yeah i don't know i
0: it's really tricky and especially just because what he did was so just absurd, not warranted, yeah. not cool, not legal. Like, he was horrible. It just is a really tough situation because there's also that element of, especially you have having seen the movie closer to when it came out and yes. this hadn't come out, there's also that element of nostalgia and kind of that element of you had experienced this movie before the controversy. And I feel like that also is something that contributes. But as someone like me who just watched this movie for the first time, it's something I absolutely kept in mind. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where first thing I look up this movie, Kevin Spacey allegations pop up, you know? And before I had even watched it, I had gone doom scrolling through all of these articles upon articles upon yeah. articles. And I feel as though there is a space where you can appreciate someone's work with the knowledge of all the horrible things that they've done and by no means support them, but separate it from their performance.
1: <sighs> yeah, I think there has to be, there There has to be someone there and think like, you know, you just watched Star Wars for the first time. Yeah. You know, hopefully you're going to watch the rest of it. You know, if you start getting into Star Wars, and you're like halfway through, and it's like, oh, Harrison Ford accused of whatever. You mm-hmm. know, is that going to diminish the entire Star Wars franchise, which is huge? Yeah. You know, or any one of those characters, if one one of those characters, or even if it's like somebody from you know Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. You know, how would people react to that yeah. if one of those characters had? an accusation who knows what
0: Mm -hmm. you know i think
1: people are very quick to to say i'm you know i'm canceling you Mm -hmm. but i don't know if there's a lot of teeth to that yeah if you're a fan
0: so i wish i could sit here and tell you definitively how to navigate that but i can't
1: it is it's so (laughs) hard right because you like go back and forth and it's like oh i don't want to but it oh uh
0: Yeah, and by no means does that mean I have like any sympathy for Kevin Spacey in that situation. No, me neither. But it's just the trickiness of the performance and consuming someone's performance art, whatever happens to music artists all the time as well.
1: Look at Michael Jackson. Yeah, you know there were accusations of you know uh, child sexual assault for a long time, Mm -hmm. but people you know um, backed him up. Yeah. because of who he was
0: yeah but definitely i don't think that someone's performance makes anything they do warrant it yeah. but i do think there is a way to consume it without supporting that individual i agree So that's my take on that, I guess. I think there's
1: going to, yeah, there's probably a lot of people who totally agree with what we're saying. And then there's probably a lot of people who are just like, no, cancel it totally. You know, I'm never gonna, you know, buy it again or look at it again or, you know.
0: Which I guess, I guess there's just the duality of opinions on that. No. And that's, I think that's okay. But it's definitely a conversation that needs to be noted every time. You consume a piece of media that surrounds that controversy. I think that's important. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, it
1: is. What, uh, what's going to be your next, do you know what your next movie is going to be?
0: So I like to keep it a surprise.
1: You did say you were going to try and do a comedy.
0: I was going to try and do a comedy, maybe a rom-com. I was... Thinking a lot into when Harry met Sally.
1: I was just about to say that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I feel as though I've had so many people recommend that movie to me, and it, it like I feel like I always hear about it. So, and I feel How like did you switch up the not Watch genre. that movie. This is this I is the whole to, podcast. I need to
1: talk with. <laughs> I need to talk with Joy. <laughs> Her and I need to have a shout out, Joy day. Janelle, <laughs> my beautiful mother. Shout out, Joy Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But because I feel like I'm like, you know, that's something where you your parents would be like, "Oh, we should watch this."
0: Right. I don't know. I I okay, I wish I could say that I have I wish I I wish I watched all these movies. However, it's providing content for me now.
1: <laughs> it's all So this is around. the
0: whole podcast? Oh. Uh, so
1: what it. is your favorite movie? Like what movie? What's your go-to?
0: my go-to. Yeah, if you movie. haven't seen
1: all these iconic movies, like what is oh, your wow. go-to?
0: I really love like early 2000s rom-coms. Okay. Like He's Just Not That Into You. That's a great one. Oh. I love that movie. 10 Things I Hate About You. Love that movie.
1: See, I haven't seen any of these. Really?
0: No. You should. Do- uh, do you like rom-coms?
1: They're okay. <laughs> oh. Some of them I do. Yeah.
0: Have you seen Silver Linings Playbook? I did. That's my all-time I favorite that was movie. Yeah. I'm all a time. huge Jennifer Lawrence fan. I like her.
1: Mm-hmm. Love
0: Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Love Bradley Cooper. Yeah. So, that's my prevailing favorite movie for the since I've seen it. Yeah. But, all right, do you have any final remarks?
1: N- not real. I mean, about um... <gasps> Wait, I'm okay. going to stop you right there. Yes. Mm.
0: The whole thing. Do you think this movie lives up to the hype? Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I told you, I'm like, you have to watch it twice. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't think you were hesitant about watching it the second time.
0: Before I watched it the first time, I was like, yeah, no way I'm watching it twice. And then halfway through the first one, I was like, oh God. By the end, I was like, I gotta watch it again. Yeah.
1: Hit the rewind button (laughs) multiple times. Right. Yeah. Because there are, there's all those little, you know, giveaways Mm -hmm. that you don't get. And if you watch it multiple times, you're like,
0: oh. Yep. I would also have to agree that this lives up to the hype yes i
1: are you going to watch it again? I feel like I have. like not tomorrow, but no you're not probably... tomorrow.
0: in the near future, Yeah, you'll watch it again. yeah I'll pro here's the thing. It's inevitable that one of my family members is going to be like, "Oh, I haven't watched it, but I want to listen to the podcast, so I feel as though I'll, I'll make them watch it and watch okay. it again and then probably consume it many more times after that and yeah. start noticing more and more things
1: (laughs) it's a good one Mm -hmm. yeah and kevin pollack was weird uh i was watching uh the fabulous mrs mazel kevin pollack is joel's dad yes completely different character uh
0: huh. Um, completely different genre yeah uh because i had recognized him and it's one of those things that when you are watching you're like I know where that person is from. I know, and it that personally, when I see I someone, hate I, that. I it sends me into a spiral, and I almost challenge myself to try and dissect and figure yes. it out before I actually end up ultimately googling it. But yeah, marvelous Miss Maisel, mm-hmm. love it. Season five. I need to. I need to get there. I, I think I watched the first two seasons.
1: It's so It's still pretty good.
0: Ugh, love it, but it totally lives up to the hype. Thank you for the suggestion. Yeah.
1: You are welcome. Love that. Yeah, and um, thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you for being on my fourth episode of keeping it real,
1: keeping it real. I'm going to look forward to the, the next one.
0: Yep. And stay tuned. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a silly little surprise. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Lots of options. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the fourth episode of keeping it real. Stay tuned for my next episode where I'm going to get into another iconic movie. It's going to be a surprise. Just you wait. Thank you. And Have a good night.